Hey, everybody, Jerry here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, before we head to the episode, I want to start doing uh, something before each of these episodes for the time being, which is to highlight some of the businesses that are owned by our listeners and our supporters. I'm doing this because I think they need our help more than ever. A lot of restaurants are being asked to close down. Obviously, foot traffic is becoming an issue because it's only pickup and uh, delivery. Uh, but in this time, I think we need to stick together as a community and to help those in our community uh, keep their businesses afloat, pay their employees, and to make sure uh, that they come out of this stronger and more united than ever. So today, I want to tell you about Mothership Coffee Roasters. It is a business owned by Josh and Wani, uh, who are two amazing Asian American friends of mine living in Las Vegas. They are owners of Mothership Coffee Roasters and of Sunrise Coffee. Um, they have three locations in Las Vegas still open. Um, if you are in the local area, please go visit them. Um, it's in Henderson downtown and one by uh, McCarran Airport. Uh, but if you are not in the local uh, Las Vegas area, you can still get their coffee delivered to you. You can visit them on the web and learn more about their amazing coffee at mothershipcoffee.com or check them out on Instagram at mothershipcoffee. I've been to Wani's coffee shops. I've had her coffee. It is amazing and delicious. Please support local Asian American businesses in this trying time for a lot of people. Again, go to mothershipcoffee.com. Learn more about her, Josh, the team, and the products that they sell. And let's continue to support Asian American businesses. Thanks again for tuning in. And here's our episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Asian Americans. I am your host, Jerry Wan. And today is Tuesday, March 17th, uh, day two of our helper series, where we are taking a pause from our normal interviews and talking to our friends in the community who are doing some amazing things in their own way, however we can to make sure that we get out of this coronavirus scare and in, in our local communities. So yesterday we heard from John Lim, uh, who has made an expansion pack through his game, Agent Flush, and donating all of his profits to a charity. And today I am excited uh, to host somebody who is from my hometown, right here in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, a, is a fellow Trojan. That's right. Um, and before we lose a lot of the audience by s saying how proud we are of where we are from, <laughs> I'd love to welcome John Ma to the show. Uh, thanks, John. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's uh, really cool to be here. Jerry, I got to say, um, this entire process of coming into this world, actually, you and I met through what, a Facebook group? ACN, maybe? Is that right? Uh, you know, I, I think it was ACN. Um, it may have been. And uh, Hanju is going to be on the show in the next couple of weeks, which I'm equally excited for. That's very cool. I did not know that backstory. I didn't realize that uh, you and I had the Andrew Yang bug in common. That's something that uh, you were involved with, uh, the campaign, or are you still involved? There's still a lot going on now. Humanity Forward, the new nonprofit, right? Going after all I, the I am, I am aware of it. I am on the emailing list. Um, uh -huh. You know, I have contributed to Andrew's campaign and have, you know, I got a math hat. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that's right. You know, with, with two little kids at home, it's been, it was hard and it continues to be hard. To, to make events and, and things like that, you know, but I, I think it's you and I would agree. And then a lot of people here, it was one of the coolest things for us to collectively go through as a community, regardless of your politics and regardless of what you actually thought about Andrew's chances of winning. 
we talk yeah. a lot in the community about, dude, it was just cool to see somebody that looks like us and, and make our, you know, corny jokes. And, oh, man. Um, you know, as, as a, as a father of a three-year-old kid for mm. me to be able to point to the TV and say, Hey, look, that's, you know, Papa's friend, Andrew. Yeah. And, yeah, he's on TV yeah, and, and he can be awesome. our president one day. So, you know, I, I think a lot of us who supported Andrew in his campaign and continue to be involved in the humanity forward complex context, we do it because the content matters, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that a, a chunk of it was because representation matters to me so much. Mm -hmm. You sound like a great dad, by the way. I'm going to edit that out because I... <laughs> <laughs> you better not. Uh, you know, it's you everybody's not. got a different journey, man. We, 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 we do our best um, given the circumstances that we have and great, grateful for the opportunity. And, <sighs> yeah. and, and before, before I ask you to introduce yourself, Jen, I'm going to say a little bit to all the parents that are listening. Maybe you are home working from home and your kids are home. And that is a cause of challenges and frustrations. I'm right there with you. And maybe it's extra challenging because work is not letting up and they are expecting you to be a superhuman and not being kind to the situation that we are going through. Um, hearing a lot of stories about that from my friends. I want to congratulate and thank all the parents for doing an amazing job. None of us foresaw this. Kids are home. We're home. We shouldn't leave the home. There's a lot going on. But whatever and however you are getting through these times, and if there was ever a, a weird silver lining to all the weird stuff that's been going on, you get to be at home 24 hours with your kids, man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it took a global pandemic for a lot of us to be able to uh, go through that experience. Um, I got two very young children at home, so they're loving it. I've heard that uh, some teenagers are already, uh, you know, getting a little frustrated with mom and dad <laughs> being up in their business at all times. And we, we've certainly all been there. But um, to the moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandparents out there holding down the fort with the kids, it's it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Thank you for what you do. And um, so enough about me and, and my, uh, my soapbox. Uh, John, tell us about you. Um, where did you grow up? Uh, what did you study? And Oh, what did you study? That's a very uh, Asian mom question I'll, to ask. So. I loved that. No, no, that caught me right, right there. I was like, "Wow, we're <laughs> this is this is dear Asian Americans, folks. This is what you're signing up for. Stick around." So, no, this is uh this is how I always start my story. I, I tell people that I was born and raised in Phoenix, uh, which is true. Um, but I also grew up in the Bay Area. I went to high school in the Bay Area. So, what was different about those two places is. Um, as, as long as I lived in Phoenix, um, you know, was, if you do the numbers, it's 13 years. It actually feels like quite a long time, especially when they're, you're that young It's my entire childhood. Right. I, 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 I left there at the start of high school. So it was everything up till that point. Um, and I was the only Asian person like really around. I say that hesitantly because I remember there were others, but there were so few and it was never talked about that it felt like I was the only one. It really did feel that way a lot of the time. And, you know, you're so, there's so few of us, there were so few of us out there at the time that, at least where I lived, where uh, Asian wasn't even a thing. It, I was just the Chinese kid. I was just Chinese, mm. right? I was just that. And uh, it wasn't really, there was no grouping. There was no identity, really. Um, so that was hard uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's just a deep thing to be young and looking for your place and uh, lost inside your own home, wondering why it's so different from the other homes, wondering why people can't come over or stay over. 
oh, why you can't go for too long. There's all these, there's all this mystique and, and fear and mystery inside of that as a young person, at least the way I experienced it, that has always stayed with me to be very honest. Um, and, um, since then high school was a radical change. I went to Monta Vista high school in Cupertino heart of Silicon Valley in the, the mid two thousands. And, uh, it was quite a strange time and very different for me in addition, because coming from Phoenix to a place where my graduating class was 70% first or second gen East, Southeast, South Asian American mostly. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's really actually funny. We're, we're in census time right now, so I'm thinking to myself, like, <laughs> what does Asian American really mean? Anyways, oh, yeah, yep. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I yep, actually yep. have a friend. He started a group. Uh, it's a nationwide... Oh, there's so many things to tell you about, Jerry. I wish we could talk all about this thing, these things. But uh, uh, he started a group, uh, P-A-M-E. I've never heard this acronym. Maybe this is an, this is an old thing. I'm, I might be new to this. P-A-M-E, Pan-Asian Middle Eastern. Have you heard of this? It's so no. elegant. It's so elegant. It captures it all. Like I, I lo- it's it's like the furthest west, the furthest east, Pan Asian, Middle Eastern, like lovely, right? Anyways, Very I find cool. that fab- fabulous. Yeah, if you just throw in the islands, then you you get uh, you'll, you'll have it all. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just there's there's so many of us, man. I always joke about uh, Asian Americans. Another word for us is people of the global majority, the PGM. That's, that's yeah. What they I mean, are. look, it's we're, we're minority here in a small set of the su- small subset of the population in America, right. but it's majority and minority are always relative terms. Yes. Fastest growing minority and it's soon to be majority minority country. Um, it's all very strange and, and different. I feel like as an Asian, um, and this, this sort of gets into maybe some of the stuff I think she wanted me to talk about when you said introduce yourself. Um, but, uh, you know, I always feeling like I'm in between, right? So I went to USC for undergrad. Um, I left the Bay area in a huff, uh, didn't want, you know, waited till the very fucking last minute to decide between Cal or USC. And I chose USC because uh, they had this program. They still have this program. It's, it's continuing on called the BCA program. I think it's still what it's called. BCA stands for Business and Cinematic Arts. And it was a joint degree program for undergrads, almost uh, reminiscent of the Peter Stark producing program that the USC grad cinema school is famous for. And it was billed uh, as a, a pathway into the entertainment industry. And I you know, graduated high school in 2007, watched a lot of Ari Gold on Entourage, mm. fell in love with the idea. Yeah, fell in love with the idea and the mystique of the sexy place called LA and all these people and storytelling and creativity and spark and charisma and challenge and risk. And, um, and, I, and I wanted that, right? Um, and so I came and I enrolled in that program. I said bye to this place I was just getting to know. And, um, and I ended up here and I've been here since 2007. It's been a wild time, man. That's very cool. I, I think the BCA program is, is still going on. Um, yeah. I know a student who, who's currently in it, um, Neil oh, Sabatas. Cool. If, if, if you're listening, shout out to Neil. Yeah. Um, Ooh, shit. You know, um, Phoenix is a fascinating place. I'm going to go back to Phoenix for a little bit because I have cousins who grew up there. Um, wow. When yeah, so, and where? Uh, well, so I have four cousins on my dad's side, all dudes. Uh-huh. Uh, there's six dudes. Wow. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Two of the ones uh, wh- whose parents and their whole family live there, um, they grew up in Chandler, and oh. one of them are still there. And then oh. two other ones um, from the other aunt, um, they were, you know, international um, students or, you know, um, they just studied there, and, and both of them went to uh, Phoenix Christian. 
I don't even know what that is, but Chandler's right next to where I grew up. But when when were they there? Or, uh, or when did they grow up to go? When how old are they? I guess is what I'm really trying to ask. And if they didn't, uh, know their whole lives. I Andy, if you're listening, I'm giving out a lot of personal information. Um, Andy is born in '89, so oh, yeah, that's me. I'm ninety. I'm ninety. Oh, so we cool. were fucking. We were fucking. Uh, I mean, we might have gone to rival high schools. Um, I, I think he yeah, went to Hamilton. Um, Andy, don't fact check me, and I'm giving away too much information about my cousin. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, I, I understand a little bit of the identity an Asian American person grows up. Um, cause you know, in addition to my cousins, I have other friends from there and it's, I I think it's an extremely different, um, identity journey because Mm. you're right. They don't even know Korea or, you know, they don't even know Japan or, you know, other countries. It's just China. So, which is, which is an evolution. Right. right? And, And I think, um, yeah. It, it, it is what it is. But um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's a journey that many, many people go through. Um, you know, I am generally from L.A. and then spent my high school years in New York City and in extremely very diverse areas where uh, I never really felt alone um, or how to explain myself, mm. um, which comes with both, you know, ups <laughs> and downs of identity issues. Um, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that, I think that's awesome, man. And so. You are in the entertainment industry. You have a day job. Um, you are I extremely do. successful at your day job. But um, I am more excited to talk to you about how you spend your extra hours. Yes. So let's jump to uh, what you are doing with the organization called Ground Game. Tell us a little bit about what they oh, do. Oh, boy. Yeah. So I'm very new to Ground Game, folks. Um, this organization has been around uh, through some crazy shit. Um, the original story um, is, and you can find this all on our website, actually, groundgamela.org. Or if you're like most people, you find us through our Twitter account, at GroundGameLA. And uh, GroundGame is a 501c4, which means that it's a nonprofit that can engage in electoral speech and raise money for electoral campaigns. Um, and uh, it is... It is a really radical place, and I mean that in the best sense of the word word in every sense of the word. It is an organizing hub. It is a watering hole. It is an open community. Prior to the COVID, which we I just brought it up. We're going to get into that right away mm-hmm. um, shortly. Um, prior to this whole situation, uh, we had open door meetings every Thursday night, and people from any community and people from every community did often come to represent themselves, to speak up, to seek help. Um, what we do is we pool our resources, our organizing know-how, our institutional connections. We are all over the city in different capacities. Um, you know, corporate world, uh, the courts, um, campaigns, present and future. Um, you know, on the ground, um, we are we are community members. Uh, we are people who are unhoused. We are people who are living the experience, um, and we are people like me who have a day job and spend our evenings and weekends doing what we can. Um, and we come together with all these different experiences and perspectives, and we try to build something. We try to build a future that is equitable and just, and that services the total community and represents the total community in that determination of where resources and how resources are allocated. And um, it's a beautiful experience that I've had so far, scarcely a year. Um, what I'm working on right now through them is a uh, we decided to stand up a mutual aid infrastructure, uh, a network. Mutual aid basically is um, this horizontal egalitarian notion that people can take care of each other. People can take care of each other in the gaps of what government could fill but doesn't. People take care of each other in times when our institutions are overburdened. 
um, both of those are true about where we are right now. And um, it's an opportunity for ground game and organizations just like us. We are not alone. There are many organizations, bigger, older, younger, smaller than ours, with whom we work together and whom are showing up to do what we're trying to do, which is connect Angelinos to one another so that resources, cash, know-how can flow organically through the capillaries of our streets and through our Zoom windows and through our delivery <laughs> hazmat solution, which we are uh, rapidly deploying in the coming days to bring things to people's doors. So mutual aid, exp- explain to the audience what mutual aid is in reality. What does it do? What Where does it live? And how are people involved? Mutual, on aid, is, mutual aid is, yeah, mutual aid is an idea, right? It's a, it's a, it's a name for an idea. Um, but the idea is people helping each other. And for us, it means getting people to provide information into a database that we can then begin to use to um, link people up so that people who have things and people who need things can be connected. And that there is also a transportational delivery infrastructure in the middle of that that can safely, as best as possible, and as legally as possible, we don't know what's going to happen soon, um, navigate uh, the corridors to make sure that exchanges occur. So that's all of what that is um, in this particular instance. And how is the network activated? Where does it live? Well, we have um, a right now very rudimentary, ultimately rudimentary, just um, you know, Google Form. It's it's quite good for a Google Form. I'm not gonna not gonna lambast it for that, but you know, it is it is free <laughs> free internet software. Um, and uh, yeah, so we have a Google Form set up um, that connects uh, into our um, you know, we have a just a very simple backend where we're tracking the data. And so far, the volume has not been such that we've had to upgrade to anything bigger. We have about short of 400 responses since going live the other evening um, in terms of people that have entered in uh, what they want and what they need. We've raised about sixteen or $17,000 at this point on our GoFundMe, and there's a Facebook page. So it's all very sort of scrappy what you know a, a gang of volunteers can put together um, while we are all dealing with all kinds of things. Um, and uh, yeah, um, and doing that uh, in between. And uh, we're proud of ourselves and there's much more to do. And there's also, it's also a good bite-sized start um, to grow organically um, and, um, and we can use your help. So if you're out there working on something similar to this or have skills that could plug into this, um, technological, technology skills I think could be actually very useful quite soon. Um, volunteer capacity, I think we can actually, we, we may have that covered in the short term. Um, but, uh, you know, there's all kinds of scaling things I can see very quickly happening to us in success that, um, none of us have the experience directly to, uh, to handle when it does, um, you know, show up at our doorstep. Um, but, uh, at the moment, uh, you know, we're, we're getting started and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just life <laughs> trying to do hey our man, best. First, first, thank you to, and all your friends and everybody else involved with ground game and mutual aid LA. Um, quick shout out to our friend Roger Zhao, who is also doing very similar things um, in L.A. to help strangers basically um, eat and get to where they need to get to and give everybody our best chances really for survival at this point. A um, little bit ground game is, you said, is a 501c4 and around the world right now, in particular in L.A., is not a partisan issue. It's not a race issue. It's not an anything issue. It's an everybody issue. Have you seen that reflected in the amount of or in the types of volunteers that are coming out or even in the people that are asking for help through this? Because at the end of the day, none of that really matters right now. Interesting. So 
I'm going to ask you if you can rephrase that. Um, are you asking whether representation? Could you rephrase that one more time? Are people within the group? So the way I understand the ground game organization, it is a somewhat of a political organization, correct? Yes. But you are doing something that benefits everybody, regardless of who you vote for or what you look like, because it's bigger than that right now. I see. Well, here's how it works. Um, need is real in the sense that some people need more, have less basic needs met, etc. Um, on the on our intake form, very plainly, when we go through the first section of you know stating what your needs are, we ask a lot of specific questions actually about your identity. We ask questions about uh, your race, class background, uh, sexual identity, and gender identity. A lot of the people that are most in need, you know, we and we give people a chance to sort of tell their story too in the form that they choose to. Um, but um, you know, there's a lot of people in in the in, in the city who, you know, without when you're crunching data, um, and you're trying to you're trying to really be responsive to you know assess where people are. Uh, and by the way, I'm not an expert in this. We have a team doing needs assessment. These are people who work uh, with very marginalized, poor unhoused uh, immigrant communities and uh, are much better at, at uh, sort of eyeballing or, or assessing these kinds of things than I am. So I might even be introducing assumptions that they won't be operating on. I can't speak to their exact work. Um, but what I do know is that when I helped build the form out and the rationales that were given around some of the things that were written in the form and the way that we're looking at the data now, um, what I can say in good faith is that um, it actually does matter very much your identity in the city. Um, in the city, things... Um, as simple as uh, skin color and immigration status, um, language ability. Actually, these things are not simple. These things are deep. Um, and your your ability to blend into a, a bi-gendered society and get along. Um, and of course, your economic realities, right? These things all fucking matter. I shame this country for categorizing stark conversation about these topics as being, quote unquote, identity po politics or some sort of label that silences people these are important things these are real things and um and we help people by taking these things into account as well it is it is the whole of the picture of the story of the person that matters to us um and so that's how i would answer that thank you so our show is a show by an asian american talking to asian americans for a generally asian american audience um what are there a lot of folks in our community involved in this mutual aid project? Um, so I'll answer that uh, at two ends of the scale spectrum. So just privately in my circle, um, running the mutual aid uh, stand-up organization right now, this uh, little sort of subset of the ground game community, the top of the pyramid in terms of decision-making and calling the shots are three women, two of whom are Asian-American, both Korean-American, and, uh, and one Jewish-American woman. And these ladies um, are amazing. And I look up to both of the Asian American women in particular as people who I can see as truly being leaders in our community, bridging some of the divides that, um, that we see, I think, in, oh, gosh, this is heavy stuff, man. Like, what you're really getting at is why the fuck don't Asian Americans, why aren't there more of us out there, I think. Is, is part of what you're asking. Um, I, I at least feel frustrated about that. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm pleased to say that um, 
we have Asian Americans. Uh, I'm actually in another group of, <laughs> there's a lot of us out here, man. There's a lot of us out here. Um, and I think that part of what I try to do actually is debunk the idea, the myth that we aren't. Um, in fact, I can name a number of other organizations uh, where that are led by Asian American women. Uh, three right off the top of my head. Time's Up right now is Sila. Time's Up former entertainment director, Nithya Raman, who founded Sila with Jane, um, Janet and Kat Kim. Um, both Korean American sisters. Sila is a is the, the premier neighborhood outreach, grassroots outreach, non governmental solution, homeless solution organization in LA. Operating Sila stands for Silver Lake, Echo Park, um, Los Feliz, Atwater, and Hollywood. And Jane Nguyen, uh, she also goes by Jane Lane at SoCal Jane. She runs K Town for All, Koreatown uh, for All, um, and they are a major power um, in terms of getting um, homeless people, unhoused people, um, residents of LA, the rights that they already have, just um, but are denied on a regular basis by basically bad laws, essentially, is what it comes down to. In fact, you should have her come here and talk about it. She's much more fluent about it than I am. Um, her work is her work is amazing. Um, you're talking here about a young woman who had a regular job, still has a regular job, and just she's 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 her life is much bigger than that now. Um, but uh, has single-handedly built out a community of people that are beginning to to blur the lines between what it means to be someone on the streets and someone in a house, under a roof, in a home. For whatever reason, someday there's going to be academics studying this, I'm sure. Asian American females in the community are leading a lot of this work. I, I see it around me. I think it's beautiful. One of my friends, his name is Theo Henderson. He makes a podcast called We the Unhoused. He's a black man in Chinatown, in the park, living on the streets with a flip phone going around, telling his story, and finding stories of people in his community, unhoused members of the community, and a group called Streetwatch LA, also a ground game affiliated organization um, who advocates and protects homeless persons from police and other city um, officials who come to um, remove their belongings unlawfully um, and uh, you know, um, sometimes put their lives at risk by taking away, by throwing things away that contain medication or important irreplaceable documents um, or, you know, the cleaning supplies that they use to hold down what could be considered a, a day job for, you know, the, the amount of money that they can make, things like this, right? Um, and uh, these organizations um, are out there doing this kind of work. The, what Theo tells me is that one of the things that he really wants me to understand, you know, as we've been getting to know each other is like, hey, listen, man, don't believe what people will tell you. Because where I've been in Chinatown, the Chinese community from churches, um, just neighbors, are, have been the most charitable, understanding, and loving in my experience. I shouldn't say the most. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a fair thing to say. I don't, I don't think that's. Those are his words, even. Um, or maybe they were his words. Um, but uh, um, at the very least, um, Chinatown residents and Chinese Americans uh, have have an untold story of kindness, compassion, and um, personal personal selflessness. Selflessness, I guess you could say, just you know, caring about other people that uh, often gets lost. So when you ask a question like that to me, part of it is I, I, I feel like I need to reframe the whole thing, which is to say that uh, it's not even true in the first place. <laughs> um, what, it, what I do see as true, though, is that a lot of us um, are susceptible to capitalism like anybody else, and we're class blind. Um, we grew up middle class, um, we aspire to be upper middle class, or we grew up upper middle class and aspire to be owning class, or whatever it was, this upward thing. Um, that part of the Asian culture is very real. And I think a lot of us who grew up with some amount of privilege, just don't know the reality of what it means to be in a different situation. And I've had to learn it myself. But once you do learn it, Asians are as human as anybody else. We want to be there. We want to take leadership. 
we want to to move things forward. We want to love and support each other. Um, it's just a little bit of of stepping, maybe maybe for some of us, stepping outside of the stream for a second to see what else is out there. Um, to slow down and ask people what their days are like and what they're dealing with. Um, hear enough stories that you become changed, and then knowing that there's nothing left to do but to make action on that on that change. And and that's where I am at least. And thanks for sharing that. You know, the question wasn't necessarily a loaded question to say, hey, you know, most of us aren't out there. I know that people are out there because I have friends like you and, yeah. and Roger and so many other people who are out there and they report and it's so amazing to see. You're right about the woman. They are changing the face of our city here in L.A., nonprofits across the country, the world. They are the change makers. We want to do everything we can to support them, you know, whether it's time, money, energy, putting their message on a pedestal or a speakerphone to get it as loudly as we can. I think what you are doing and what uh, your friends and, and your network is doing right now it is an amazing thing. I don't know how it is in your city where you may be listening, um, but here in Los Angeles, as of Monday night, um, we have heard that County of LA has taken over, or I guess the governor did, um, to started to take over hotels in the local area to consider housing temporarily some of the unhoused and the homeless population as a public health measure. So, John, the things that you talk about when it comes to uh, the humanity during the removal and relocation process and the other health services that need to be offered to these folks, um, while they may have a, a roof over their head and a you know um, food to eat in these new surroundings, um, it does raise more questions as we navigate these challenging times as a society, not only for what it means during this time, but what does this mean when we get out of it? How, how do we, what, what is society going to look like? And, and we don't know. And, and so we, we do need to focus on those things. How, however, I, I think the immediate needs that you are focusing on now and you're helping with, which is getting people food, um, mm. getting people medicine, um, transportation, yeah. Um, you know, I, there was a, an intelligent question asked by a woman on NPR the other day. And I, I think, you know, drive through clinics are being lauded across the country as, as the next thing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? A lot of people don't have cars. So what, what do we do about them? Yeah. You know, simple questions like that, that unless we keep asking the right people and, and we keep talking about it, um, we'll get overlooked because the marginalized has historically always been overlooked. Um, you know, it's, a much deeper discussion. It is, you know, something I hope that through this, a, as we go through what we're going through now, that as you, as you said, John, empathy, you know, how does somebody else live and how did they grow up? Um, it, it helps to understand. And a lot of people listening, myself included, we've been on the receiving end of discrimination, of racism, of judgment, of being the other, uh, being a foreigner. And um, what you're doing to move that forward to the next level and to say, hey, now that I am comfortable, more comfortable than my parents were, and I have the ability and the desire to help others, you're, you're really doing great stuff out there, John. So I, I want to thank you, you know, and, and look, this is a testament to your character. I don't know when people are listening to this, but it's 1130 p.m. Oh, I messaged John on Facebook <laughs> an hour ago. And my memory jogged. Uh, you were looking for an organization to give away money to yeah, help a, right. 
a you know a well-deserving Asian American yeah. um, entertainment organization, and that's how we connected. So e- e- even through that, I think it's an amazing thing. John, I, I want to thank you, but I, I want to give you an opportunity to share a little bit of how people can uh, learn more about the work that Mutual Aid is doing, but also if people are listening in their own cities and their own towns, and I, I want to speak directly specifically to our friends who are listening in parts of the country who haven't been hit as hard as LA has yet. New York City, New York Shell, Seattle, San Francisco, obviously because this is a, a proximity and a community spread issue, the larger cities are understandably going to get hit harder, faster. But if you are in a smaller regional rural community, I, I don't think we're immune from it. Um, or at least I don't think we should be pretending that we're going to be immune from it. So first, share with us a little bit about how we can learn more about mutual aid here in LA. Um, but also, if you can point some people to some resources or, um, you know, to, to really activate the community where, where they may be right now, because as as helpless as we may feel, we have the power and the ability to uh, do so much more for people who are in, in far worse conditions than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, I'm going to plug a couple quick bit.ly links at you. So each of one of these links, it's bit, bit.ly slash, right, if you know that convention. So bit.ly slash. Um, so the first one is Quarantine Prep, capital Q, capital P, Quarantine Prep. So we got the Quarantine Prep tip sheet. It's a fun one. Um, coronavirus, coronavirus Tech Handbook. Dot com, I think, is another one that uh, we had nothing to do with, but is the technology and scientific community coming together to uh, pool resources around, um, you know, just precautions and also the science and um, things that lay people don't really need to know about. But there is some good stuff for lay people. Um, and then around the mutual aid group specifically, um, there's a way to donate if you don't if you are not local. So that would be bit.ly. And the quote, uh, the, the gosh, you have all the links, so it doesn't really matter. But yes, there's a way to donate to us. There's a way to uh, um, there's a way to fill out a form if you're in LA and you want to get involved and be in the network. Um, so if there's something you want to give, there, if there's things you want to give, if there's services you can offer, if there are things that are sitting around your house, if there's ideas in your in your brain, things that you know how to do that you want to make sure um, have an impact and make someone's life better and really put a smile on someone's face and really help someone get through a hard time, that's how you can sign up. If you are somebody who needs something, if you know people who need things, if you know people who are older, who are immunocompromised, who are sick, who are recovering from something, who are, you know, just uh, rent burdened, um, having a hard time keeping the roof over their heads, who are worried about being furloughed, laid off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's happening to all of us and our neighbors and friends. Then they can sign up as well. And there's places that they can sign up for sharing what it is that they need, and we will make sure that they get it. It's that simple. Um, take a look at the links on the page and um, please, please learn about what it means to stay safe. And please, please consider joining a mutual aid network in your own area. There are many spreading all around. Facebook groups, you can find them on probably one of the easiest ways. Um, I'm not sure if Google, maybe. A lot of these things are being standing up in the last 24 to 48 hours, 72 hours. They're all very new. Have at it, folks. It's uh, 2020. We can do this. Let's take care of each other. And the message too here is that you can do a tremendous amount of help without leaving your home. Yes. Whether it's moderating Facebook groups, whether it is being the communication center, whether it is, you know, watching the news and and sharing along what's going on. You don't have to leave your home to make a difference right now. I know there are people like you, John, who are 
literally jumping in your cars to make deliveries, which is great. Um, but for whatever reason, um, if you are quarantining, you know, this is a great alternative to some of the things that you might be doing to, to really make a difference. And, and, and through that, I think you can even help communities that you don't uh, physically live in. So yeah, hey, hey, John, this has been an amazing conversation. I learned so much. Um, I know that the work that you do is uh, beyond words I important and um, literally life-altering and life-changing for so many people right now. It is uncertain times. It is wild times. I know that we will get through it, um, but there will be changes that are uh, that we will have experienced. Um, but I am grateful for people like you in our community who, in addition to what you do during the day, um, have really made it your passion um, to not only do what you do, but also to share about it like this so that it can inspire at least one more person to uh, jump up out of their chair and, and you know join you in, in this fight. So um, to you, the rest of the crew at Ground Game and the mutual aid community out here in LA and beyond, stay safe, number one, um, get some rest. There's a lot of people supporting you and rooting for you guys. And um, really, from the, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, man. Jerry, thank you so much. I want to give one last plug. I was loath to forget this until now. Ground game. We're ground game. It's an open field. Join us. Mutual aid, join us. The, the, the donations and the involvement, all of that is fantastic. If you want to get involved, you can. It's easy. We're doing all Zoom meetings at this point. So shoot, I guess, um, info at groundgamela.org in email. Or friggin' whatever. Jerry, you got my social handles and all this shit like <laughs> on the page, right? Yep. So find okay. John. Yep. Yeah. You, Hit you me find up. You, we'll plug you into the Zoom. You're gonna have a great time. You're gonna learn some stuff about what's going on in the city and uh and uh help us help us fix it. So thanks, Jerry. I really appreciated this. Yeah. Hey, thank you for coming on and um stay safe out there, brother. Yeah, you too. Have fun being a great dad. Hey everybody, it's Jerry. Uh you know, this conversation with John was so good, I forgot to ask him our signature question of the podcast. So um, I had to call him back a little bit later after we recorded the rest of the episode. So, and I didn't want to uh, mess with the flow of the interview. So here it is, uh, the key question of the podcast. So John, the name of our podcast is The Asian Americans. And the idea behind it really is a love letter to us, from us, those in the community to help uh, make sense of the world and to help celebrate, support, and inspire. So I would love for you to send a letter to the audience. So I will start and uh, help us finish up the show. Dear Asian Americans. Wow. <laughs> um, um, well, first of all, Jerry, before I can answer that right away, I just want to say thank you for opening up this conversation. You know, you and I have spoken offline about your mission on this project, which is to reach those Asian Americans in parts of the country, in communities, in neighborhoods, schools, who aren't, you know, privileged enough to have that um, abundance of others who look and sound and act uh, like them, and and uh, maybe there's um, some isolation in those communities. So, speaking with those young men, women, and everybody else in mind, I'm speaking to myself as a kid growing up in Phoenix, um, I would say, dear Asian Americans, you're not alone. Um, I'm here with you, standing shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow, rather, at this time. And, and, and I'm not going anywhere. You know, our generation is making changes that 
are going to continue to unfold. Generationally speaking, this is something brand new. We've never seen this. Our parents uh, can't lead us down this path. Um, they weren't here for it. Um, and uh, even myself, um, speaking as somebody who's 29 right now, I, I look um, with envy and excitement at the promise of what the next generation can bring. So we're all here for our short period. Um, we know what we know. We don't know what we don't know. Um, but we're not alone. Whatever challenges you face, whatever novelties you face, whatever misunderstandings I bring to the table and you look at me like I'm an old man who doesn't know what he's talking about or out of touch, I welcome that too. And just that community, that conversation um, and, being under and understanding deep in our hearts that if there are others out there who shame us or look confuse us or look down on us and wonder about, and I'm talking about from inside the Asian American community, people who look at us, sometimes as older folks, sometimes as folks from other parts of the country, who look and say, hey, you're not doing it right, or that doesn't make sense, just remember that your situation truly is unique. Um, so it's both and, right? We're here together, we're a community, and your situation is truly unique. You know what's best in many ways um, because of what you're dealing with. And until we get to that place where our numbers are big enough and our identity really is congealing, and, and it's happening, right? We're seeing it everywhere. But until that really comes together in a big way, um, don't be afraid to think that your particular point of view as different or unique as it might be, might not be the right one or the best one for the job. So all that is to say, keep pushing, keep trying things, make mistakes. And uh, if, if no one else around you is doing what you're doing, that's not a sign of anything necessarily. It just might mean that you're in a particularly unique situation and you are the ones with the tools to figure out the next step. Um, and we're here for you. So all of that. Thanks, man. Um, agree with everything you said. Even if you think your unique situation is the only one, you're not. We just yeah. haven't found that person yet. So what if there's anything that I've learned speaking with all my friends um, through this podcast and through life experiences is the realization that once you start hearing other people's stories, light bulbs go off everywhere of triggers and, and memories that come back from our own. So, um, man, it's... Uh, John, it's, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you again for what you're doing um, in the community and in LA to help us get through this mess. Um, and I look forward to the day that you and I and many other people listening um, can celebrate and uh, have, a, have, a, have a drink in person together, everybody. Um, let's hope that day comes sooner than later. Thanks again, John. Thank you. Bye now. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to my conversation with John Ma, uh, who is working right now with a group called Ground Game LA, working on mutual aid projects, really even physically jumping in cars at night, making supermarket trips and doing whatever we need to do, what we can do to help not only our neighbors, but our most marginalized and our most needy neighbors. So wherever you are, however you can, whoever you are, we can make a difference to our fellow human beings, to help us get through this thing together. Google it, Facebook it, Father John, he'll help you connect the dots. Let's make a difference, and each of us really can make a big difference. So um, thanks for listening. Um, it's been an honor to have this conversation with, with John, and I hope you learned something from it. And um, be safe out there, and um, I will talk to you guys tomorrow.